A reading from the first letter of St. Paul to the Corinthians. I urge you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that all of you agree in what you say, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and in the same purpose. For it has been reported to me about you, my brothers and sisters, by Chloe's people, that there are rivalries among you. I mean that each of you is saying, I belong to Paul, or I belong to Apollos, or I belong to Cephas, or I belong to Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? For Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel, and not with the wisdom of human eloquence, so that the cross of Christ might not be emptied of its meaning. The Word of the Lord. I urge you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ that there be no divisions among you. I don't know if it should be of comfort or concern for us, but it's clear that the early church faced the same challenge that we do today, division. We might not identify with Apollos or Cephas, but certainly we'd be familiar with identifying as liberal or conservative, traditional or progressive, liturgically minded or social justice minded. Some have said that it seems like we exist in two parallel Catholic churches in the U.S. today, and we are far from St. Paul's exhortation to live unified in the same mind and the same purpose. Admittedly, I was nervous about how to approach this subject of division because it could reveal my own bias. So instead of risking offending one side of the divide, I have played it safe and will try to offend everybody. <laughs> By pointing out something common to all factions and sources of division today in the church in 2020, something I will refer to as the culture of preference. This culture of preference refers to the widespread availability of goods and services and our ability to pick and choose almost every aspect of our lives according to what we want. We're told that we do not have to accept what we don't like, so we can consume what meets our tastes, we can listen to ideas that match our own views, and we can be around people that we like. For example, when I was young, my dad told me, strangely enough, for some, in some alternate universe, on Saturday nights, only one movie would play on the TV, and they had to watch that movie. They didn't have a choice. I compare that with my experience of Netflix, where any time of the day, theoretically, I could choose from thousands of different movies or TV shows according to what I need, what I feel like, or what I prefer. It's this attitude that I think could seep into the church, even amongst faithful Catholics or friars, that end up manufacturing an ideal church experience 
by limiting ourselves to those parts of the church that make us feel comfortable or that suit our preferences. Even when presented with the life-changing message of Christ and the gospel, we prefer to operate still according to the worldly pattern of division and what we want. We say, I belong to Christ, but I think in practice, we just belong to whatever version of the church we want to belong to. The danger of this really comes when my preference is translated into an absolute, and it becomes, I'm right, you're wrong. My church inevitably will clash with your church. It's sad, I think it's the reality, but Brother St. Paul did not tolerate this type of thinking, and neither should we. The antidote to the culture of preference, the culture that places us in control of everything, the antidote is Jesus Christ. We are not called to be unified superficially by agreeing on every little thing and becoming mindless followers, but we are called to unity because we are members of the mystical body of Christ and he cannot be divided. Therefore, our mind and our purpose is really the mind of Jesus and the, mind and the purpose of Jesus. No preference or faction within the church is able to contain the wholeness of the gospel. So therefore, Christ brings us out of our own isolation. Division ultimately is just a symptom of listening to ourselves instead of Jesus. And so concretely, how can we as friars in the day-to-day -day life fight against division and promote unity? First, I would just suggest that we don't interact with each other based in a state of suspicion. I can say with certainty that nobody here is trying to ruin the church. And so our life together has to be grounded in a mutual trust that we're all committed to Christ and to the preaching of the gospel above all. And second, at the risk of sowing some discord in the community, I would suggest that we do not run away from controversy and argument. I don't think we really have this problem, but this is more a problem I have, so maybe others have this problem as well. The, <laughs> the I belong to X environment flourishes when we don't engage each other because of a fear of conflict. And we just dismiss opinions as wrong or silly and then we go our separate ways and we make our little bubble and we're divided. The church needs to be a place where we can disagree because we know that we have the same mind and purpose, the mind and purpose of Christ. This is the unity that we need to witness because this is the unity that the church so desperately needs.